11.1. You're tuned into Radio Wave. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to Radio Wave. I am your host, Ashley Liebig, and I am joined here today with my co-host, Riley Chrisman. And we have a special treat for you guys today. We have the Radical West on, and yeah. we're just going to go around and have them introduce themselves. Yeah. Hi, I'm, I am. My name is Cameron Detman. I'm the singer and guitar player of Radical West. My name is Spencer King. I play keys and do backups in Radical West. I'm Lonnie Blank, and I play the bass. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's all. That is respect. Is. Backbone right there, man. He's secretly the most talented in the band. He's being Stop. very modest. <laughs> so I understand that you guys are a bit of a rock genre. Am I right in assuming? Sure. What would yeah. you There's guys that, classify yeah. yourself as? It, it's funny. It's, it's like anytime we get asked that question, it's always an explanation. We just don't. Yeah. Have, we don't have a genre just to throw at you. Yeah. Um, I mean, we dabble in multiple different ones, at least for this first album. We did um, a lot of like started out with like Americana and then it evolved. We did a little more like pop and then some rock and then R&B, some funk. Um, one of the songs goes to a reggae. Yeah. A little reggae. Little reggae There's some metal in there, too. Why? Like in the same song. Why not? Yeah. It's just <laughs> it's Sawyer's fault. Yeah. Because when we started the band, it was. It was like during COVID, um, during all the lockdowns. So it was not really meant to be anything specific. We were just kind of writing to see what would happen. And at the time I was experimenting with some like kind of almost country Americana stuff. And that's how it started. And then as we added more members, everybody brought their own. Yeah. Different influences became like a part of the whole mixing pot, you know? Hey, I love Mm -hmm. that. One of my biggest things that I've always had an issue with is when I join a band or whatever, it's like, Hey, like, I don't just want to be one thing. Like I want to try different stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. No one's ever on the same page. So mad respect that you guys can have that kind of awesome air to have. Yeah, I think it could have gone that way where we none of none of us were on the exact same page, but we kind of just embraced all of the different things that was being put in, uh, you know, in, in the mix and didn't really want to like specifically stick to like one type of style. No, the big thing is always just whatever anybody pitches, style, whatever, we try it. Whatever. Yeah. And, you know, and then we just, we're honest about it. You know, if it works cool, let's, mm-hmm. let's tinker, let's build it from there. Otherwise, you know, we'll put yeah. it away. So how many members do you guys have total? Five total. Five in total. We're missing two. Our lead guitar player, Sawyer, and then our drummer, Zach. <laughs> He's, they couldn't make it today, but. It's a great so yeah. right there. what inspired Thanks, you guys to get started during COVID times? Because I, I know you guys were doing the live performances on YouTube was it or the, the uh, videos on YouTube? Yeah, certs and stuff. A, lo- a lot of that was. It started out with me and Sawyer. I was just doing like solo music for for the last you know five or six years or so, and um, I had just gotten back from a residency that I did in, in Singapore, and I was performing at a hotel. Came back into town in like January of 2020, and I had all these plans to release you know a solo EP, and and then COVID happened, yeah. and uh, and so then that kind of and that shut down everything. I didn't have any gigs booked. I had I didn't really understand what the landscape of the business was going to be like nobody did for any, any type of business. So, and then around January, I got a message from this guy that Sawyer and I are kind of mutual friends. Well, not really friends with anymore. Just this, this other guy, he used to be in their band. Yeah. And so this guy, his name was Alex. He messaged me saying, Hey, would you ever consider being the singer of a band? And I said, I would, but only if the other people in the band were up to a certain level of musicality and dedication and, and yeah. so on and so forth. Cause I, you know, I was it's like, hard to find. yeah, I was like 30 at the time and I'm like, I don't have time for any of that BS anymore, you know? Yeah. So he 
said, okay, well, I live in Connecticut. Our guitar player lives in Vegas, and then our drummer lives in LA. And I was like, <laughs> okay, not a good start, but let's yeah. see where this goes. So, um, but it turns out that guy like was very loosely, what's the word, like dedicated, I guess, to it. He he seemed like he was more of the kind of guy that just wanted me in a band for the sake of being in a band because he thought it was cool. Yeah, and he was like the guy trying to just be the you know the producer, the puppeteer of like putting all these people together. Yeah, um, and then Sawyer and I did meet up and started writing together became very clear that he was very dedicated very talented and a good songwriter he and this other guy were having problems anyway so that whole that friendship kind of eventually like ceased to exist uh so anyway long story short sawyer and i started writing together and just started kind of playing with whatever ideas kind of came to mind and as time progressed added my our drummer zach he and i've been playing cover gigs together for many years um since like 2015 ish or something like that and um yeah exactly so we had had a lot of experience playing together and performing and uh so we added him into the mix and he was really excited because he's never actually been in an original project before oh, yeah. he only has been in cover bands and so but he's always wanted to and we had been toying with the idea over the years like wouldn't it be cool wouldn't it be fun blah blah, blah. and then yeah. finally this thing came around and we're like like you want to actually do this and so he jumped in at the opportunity and so for a bit it was just Sawyer and I would get together at his house and that was kind of the only place I was going was his house or you know my house that I was living in at the time because of all the COVID stuff yeah. and then Zach was remotely recording drums for all the stuff we would record so we were just like kind of sending each other files and um, and then after a couple months of that we were in a point where we were thinking okay we need a bass player now and then yeah. Lonnie came into the picture via Facebook because <laughs> yeah. um, I put out a blast on Facebook looking for a bass player. Dude, I, it was crazy. I, I saw it, too. And I, I was like, I had done my share of original bands in and out. And I was I was a little burnt on it with some of my experiences. So I saw it and I was just like, maybe I was like, I don't know, sat on it, whatever. You know what? I'm going to let it go. I'm not even worried about it. And then a mutual friend of ours tagged me in the post in a comment, said, you need mm -hmm. to reach out to Lonnie. He's great. And then after that happened, I was like, you reached out to me. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, all right, yeah. all right, all right just, yeah. let's see. Let's see. Whatever. Yeah. Why so, not? And so what we did was we we had one of our songs, which is actually on the album. It's called By Myself. It was still in the early stages. Didn't have any bass parts to it. It was just guitar, vocals and drums. And... So we sent the song to about like seven or eight bass players that had reached out and just said, you know, record what you would write for this, you know. Oh, that's very and interesting. So, I like mm -hmm. that approach. Yeah. And so uh, and we got a bunch of replies and um, Lonnie's was by far the best, but the worst sound quality there was oh, like, like it just yeah well it sounded like he just played it through a computer and then put his phone down hit record on the voice notes and then played it's in the room to, it just, it still doesn't figure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so but we could tell you know like he was by far the best and he just didn't have good recording gear that's all like you know yeah. so you, you can send see, a video with your shirt off by chance not yet he does that a lot when he sends ideas he has a shirt off a lot yeah. you can get TikTok I'm, famous from that guy yeah that's how you know he cares more about the quality of his fingers and the quality of his mic. That's so much more mm -hmm. important. The quality yeah. of his body. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hardly hard. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then so then after Lonnie joined, then at that point, we felt it was safe-ish to uh, get together and start rehearsing. And so we would play all the time, like at least twice a week for five hours each week uh, or for sort of like 10 hours total. Like we were yeah. putting a lot of time. And then we would also get together on Tuesdays or when, whenever it was, like just to like... Yeah, we did a writing night. Yeah. And so then we on the weekends, both days, five hours a shot. Yeah. So walk me through that writing night kind of process. That's always very interesting for people, and myself included. Mm -hmm. I want to know, like, what happened on those Tuesday nights? It was usually... What was it like? It wasn't there yet. Oh, yeah, he wasn't there yet. He's coming, <laughs> he's coming in eventually. It's like, but, I'm interested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, our... 
so Sawyer, our guitar player, um, he would ho- house all the sessions like on Logic. And, you know, we periodically email him files throughout the week and stuff. And like we would re-record a bass part or re-record guitar to record vocals whatever it is and so then he would come back uh, and then we would all get together and sort of piece it all together overdub stuff discuss where we wanted to go with the song and so it was kind of like a back and forth between the main rehearsals and then the writing so we would work on stuff in the writing room and then when we would get to a dead end or something like that we would go okay let's take it back to the room and kind of play with it from there really really helpful going back and forth yeah i mean as helpful as it is to be in the room just working on the song sometimes Mm -hmm. it's really nice to To just like everybody just to sit and listen and just like yeah. Right, what's actually going on here? Is Talk this about it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. that's a step that a lot of bands miss. Like I was yeah. out here for a while and that was not really ever happening. I was like, hey, I have this thing I'd like to talk about. But mm. guitar loud. We're not listening. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then you have the different contrast between like the type of creative environments, you know, and one is just the room, the live, you're, you're allowed. You can F around with different ideas and yeah. you can play it until you train wreck and then stop and go, okay, what happened? You know? And, uh, I like y'all's approach. You guys yeah. seem very calculated, but not mm-hmm. too calculated. I really like that. Yeah. And we like to at least get everybody the chance to contribute and listen. And, um, and it's definitely a group effort as far as the writing process goes. It wasn't just like one, one person ruling everything. It was more, it was like, what was the consensus of the group? Yeah. Yeah. Very healthy. I like it. Oh no, of course. Mm -hmm. I mean, naturally we do hit those points where you got a couple guys that want something, a couple guys that don't. Mm -hmm. And eventually it's just working out, you know, you just turn their microphones down. Yeah. (laughs) Just ignore half of them and then it's it's fine. fine. One of my biggest thing, I guess my biggest spiel with it is emotional intent uh, Mm. behind lyrics and since you guys have written your songs um, and you guys went through such a rough honestly a very rough time socially in our history Mm. uh, and emotionally what were some of your guys's favorite songs that have come out um, on an emotional standpoint um so I write all the lyrics. Okay. <laughs> so, um, uh, by the time I joined the band, they, I, I played along with some of the songs written. They said, okay, we're, we're recording yeah. like next week. So I got yeah, to well, down the whole writing process. We'll, we'll, all right, sick. We'll tack on that. Yeah. So like Spencer joined right like about two weeks before we were about to actually go record our album because we wanted to get a keyboard player super bad and we couldn't find one to kind of contribute to the, the, the album for the most part. Um, so we just decided, okay, let's just record the four of us. And then the next album, we'll have a keyboard player. We'll ha- we'll find someone by then. Yeah. But then Spencer randomly follows me on Instagram about two weeks before we're about to go in. And he's just absolutely incredible. And I just thought, you know, let's just see what happens. And yeah. I messaged him and said, Hey, you looking to join a band? You're amazing. And he just so happened to have left the band that he was in previous, like it's perfect. Timing. Yeah. It was just perfect <laughs> timing. So then, uh, I was like, let's, let's, you want to come to a rehearsal? And he came to a rehearsal. We, we loved him and we were like, okay, we're going to go to record an entire album in two weeks. Like you down to come in. So figure it out. Yeah, we did. So he just kind of filled in where he could. Um, I think that's the one regret we have for this first album was not being able to really um, have him contribute in a uh, I don't want to say substantial way but like more yeah. like I mean the, the more, song yeah. the songs were done when he came yeah in, so it's just like, like we got to just fit you in yeah. where it exists yeah it's here's the foundation mm-hmm. we're just gonna put you on top yeah not pretty in a, much not a condescending way but in a it's just this is what the way yeah. Is. yeah there was one song on the album called one year later so which we, we definitely met it. I was gonna say we uh, kind of rewrote some stuff yeah it became a whole different song in the studio and it became very keyboard based um Ooh. So it actually, that was and, a very nice and to tie into your original question, that that particular song, I think, emotionally was 
really brought out more because the, the the concept of the song was it was about a relationship I was in and um right when you end a relationship the the freshness of it all clouds your mind I guess you can't see it from a from a clear perspective and so then a year goes by you can see it more from the outside think about the things that you didn't say things yeah. you wanted to say things you should have said and not caught up in all the emotion Man, and I feel that that's, you know yeah. and so that's what the song was basically about it's like one year later like this is how i feel about it now and i don't one of the big lines that i love was it goes uh one year later i don't really love or hate her because it's like you're kind of indifferent at that point it's over you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like okay well i i did love you <laughs> but i don't love you anymore but i don't hate you because i if you know life happens right and you couldn't really say that right yeah. after you know all you can think of is just the emotion like oh like i feel so i'm hurt and i'm angry and i want to like take it out on somebody or maybe it's you or maybe you know after the time goes by then you have a more sort of i guess nuanced perspective of yeah, the whole like thing and, saying the way saying mm-hmm. the things you wish you could have said or, yeah. or your hindsight perspective but mm-hmm. you can't really just be like hey you up a year later like they won't get what you mean you yeah, yeah exactly no, just, you just let it go yeah, yeah. you just gotta yeah. let it go that's yeah. that's a very awesome perspective I, Thanks. I think that's something that's not touched on a whole lot and I, I like that that's cool thank you yeah and then you know as far as the rest of the album we have some of your standard like love songs some songs about sex some uh one i wrote about it's like our longest song in the album it's called shed your skin and it was sort of written about this girl that i knew who was really rough situation with her child and her ex-husband who was extremely abusive and they have joint custody of her and she basically goes to san francisco for like two weeks spends time with her dad comes back spends two weeks with her mom and it's just like such a back and forth thing and and she just had a lot of said a lot of things to me like in passing about how she's just like so emotionally numb and She's just in a really bad place. And so I kind of, I wrote a song about her just maybe like being able to find that part of her, uh, just her emotions again, feeling good about herself and her life situation. And she, now she's been dating this guy for like a couple of years now and they're really happy and stuff. So she's doing a lot better. But at the time I wanted to like, kind of just tell the story, I guess it yeah. just inspired me. You know, that's awesome. And yeah. I, I love your, your ideologies behind your lyrics and stuff. That's really cool. Thanks. It's very different. I respect Thank you. it. You have yeah. feelings and stuff. It's crazy. Some, sometimes. Yeah. 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 How crazy. <laughs> Somebody yeah. has to have them. Nobody else does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I got a question for you guys. And mm-hmm. I'd like to ask every local band that I ever talked to whether mm-hmm. on this podcast or off the podcast. And each of you will have to give me an answer here. Why listen to local music and specifically your local music? Hmm. Why? Uh, I think it's because it's the next uh, wave of, you know, what could be something great. I hope, you know, it's like everybody listens to what's popular and what they know. And I think personally, I enjoy finding something new. And also that's something that's like not been fully fleshed out yet. Yeah. And you can kind of see the potential in it. And, you know, and uh, like I'm. So I'm, I'm 33. I just turned 33 last weekend. And so I've been playing in town. Thank you. I've been playing around town, you know, for 10, 12 years and I've seen bands rise and fall. I've saw, you know, panic at the disco when they got signed. I I remember first hearing the killers on the radio and then talking about how they were, you know, a local band. And it was like, what? It's like a local band is on radio and signing big record deals. So there was this huge wave of bands that were getting signed in like the mid to late, like two thousands. And there are all these indie, you know record labels that were looking at vegas bands because at first it was the killers get signed and then after the killers like a few years later then it was panic at the disco signed to like fallout boys labels called fuel by ramen yeah and that's the same one as 21 or um yeah 21 pilots and stuff and so they signed 
the, you know, Panic at the Disco. And so then all of a sudden it was just like all these labels were looking at Vegas and there was like a band called Escape the Fate that got signed to yeah, right, Epitaph yeah. Records. There was a band called The Hire who signed to Fearless Records. Another band called The Cab um, that signed to the same label as Fall Out Boy and Panic at the Disco. That was thanks to Panic they got them signed. And then there was, then there was like even smaller bands and smaller labels. Like there's a band called You in Series that signed to this label called Equal Vision, I think it was. And yeah, you've definitely and it was seen just, The Ringer. You're saying dude, it was, I don't know, which is uh, crazy. Well, because at the time, like, you know, if you were in a band, you just learned all that and you became obsessed with yeah. which labels are signing which bands and, you know, what, what, and we all had our favorite label we wanted to you know sure. get signed by because you didn't want to get signed to a major label because then you'd get screwed but then the smaller indie labels which ended up just being subsidiaries of the major labels anyway mm -hmm. so but you at least got a little more like you know actual care and control That's and you were able to yeah. you know yeah better shot for sure do you yeah think still looking do you think there's still that grasp to take from vegas or do you think they've maybe moved on in other areas i think that it's I honestly, I couldn't tell you, but I know that most labels are just looking for like viral sensations. Yeah. TikTok's kind of yeah. yeah. That's kind of the main thing to, if you want to sign a deal that's worth signing, like you have to be like some kind of viral thing or something like yeah. that. Like, like what's her name? Olivia Rodrigo or something like that. Right. right? Yeah. Um, and, and what's her name? Bad, and like bad money. She, yeah. she signed like one of the best, like biggest deals in like the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. It's all just based on all that. And yeah. she's <laughs> actually legit. Like, oh, for legit no, for sure. Good. She, she that's for sure. the, that's yeah, the yeah. thing though is like awesome. it, it sucks it, I, I want to say like it sucks if you see someone who just you know they go viral and then all of a sudden they have a career when you've been working for so many years yeah. and then they're not even any good they're just viral yeah but then which when, does happen yeah. it and does happen die off later or yeah like, like the island boys yeah. you know I mean like they oh yeah spectacular <laughs> they were spectacularly well, and I've saw interviews of those guys too and they were so full of themselves and like they're like yeah we just we just want to spread the world with all of our like talent and stuff and it's like I mean oh. I've not heard that but now I'm intrigued I want to yeah, there's, they, yeah, it just, it's like they think that the fame and virality equals talent and a career, but that just, that's just like the launch pad yeah. and you actually have to do the work. But even before Cloud the launch pad, there's good. so much work you already mm -hmm. should have been doing by that point. If exactly. you really want longevity out of exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough because you want the skill and the preparation to match the great mm -hmm. timing. And a lot of times these yeah. guys just get the great timing and they don't mm -hmm. have those other two factors. And it's yeah. like, ah, oh, well they, they look like they made it, but then it just kind of goes south and you're yeah. on the sidelines. Like, I've done the other two things that, that are in my control. The one that's not, yeah. you know, and it, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the reality of it. It's unfortunate, but you just, but I think it's always been like that to an extent. It's yeah. Just, just, you do have to be lucky at it's the just same a, time of the talent. It's such a work. different landscape than it used to be. Like when I, what I was just talking about was like, you know, back then MySpace and, um, Twitter were like the main tools we would use. I mm -hmm. barely remember MySpace. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are too young for that. I a MySpace account. I it was it was just a simpler time, it was, you know, it was easy. Yeah. you would, and, and it was a time where you would go on social media on your desktop or your laptop computer. And then when you were done, you would sign off and then you'd go off into the world yeah. with, without it attached to you. Yeah. You know, cause yeah. now it's, yeah. it's, it never leaves you. It's just right here. It's, it's attached crazy. to you. But back then you could at least like have your fill and like, Oh, that was fun. I'm going to post a bulletin and send some messages and then I'm going to go off and go see a movie. And then yeah. like, and then you just lived life. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely different. Sure. Yeah. I've definitely thought about um, how social media has influenced our progression in, I guess, 
art form uh, Mm -hmm. more or less uh, how musicians have a little bit more of a difficult time because we went from uh, the bands or the artists getting famous on YouTube to the artists getting famous on Instagram and now we're at TikTok and it's like there's millions of people out there trying to get their shot and like I I, you were talking about like Panic at the Disco Mm -hmm. and the cab and uh, all these (laughs) they're like Panic is like my favorite band Mm -hmm. Um, I I didn't start listening to them until I was like 14 but Mm -hmm. that was like after they've already like released like three albums yeah Um, but it's just like it's thinking about how like these bands started out and how like they were in such an easier time Mm -hmm. how do you combat that going into the 21st century I mean I, I don't I feel like it's the same way you would back then it's just yeah. consistency it's, a different, it's just it's just work it's consistency also make TikToks not that that's, well, that's, <laughs> I know, it's, that's the thing is like there, back then you could just play music oh yeah and then, no, now there's there is more of the people and people now you there. you play music you make videos you edit videos you brainstorm content ideas you uh you have to figure out locations to shoot you have to like yeah. it's just musicians aren't just musicians no no, no, you, no. yeah you have to yeah and yeah. to a point it's yeah. like self-marketing in a way as well. pretty much it's all big time. Yeah. you know i have a yeah. personal opinion on this i mm-hmm. think it's because of the fact that think about how much easier it is on labels like mm-hmm. if me if you just have musicians that don't know what the heck they're doing that sit around all day and just drink and eat or whatever, mm-hmm. not as much as getting done. Yeah. But if you're kind of forcing a culture where they have to hustle, that's more money. That's less less yeah. people walking out the Well, door. it's the you know, labels used to have artist development. That was like a whole part of the label. There was like a whole section, you know, and they they were basically like the people that, you know, figured help the artist figure out who they wanted to be. And now that's not really a thing anymore. Know, you, you have to figure you do it on your own yeah. and the better you do it, then the more attention you get. And then the label just kind of can show up and, you know, put their stamp on it and then take, not take all the credit, but you know, at least like then they're associated with this person that already has like a, an audience basically. Yeah. And Once everyone can do it themselves though, it becomes a little tougher to stand up. It does. Yeah. Uh, there is, there is definitely a big uh, oversaturation. We've had some, out there. we've had some luck like, cause we, I, I was so resistant to it uh, for a while. Like, cause I guess I'm just, you know, older and I'm like, bah, humbug tip. Oh, TikTok, so you know? and, no, no, I was, and, I was right there. With yeah. You. And I just, because I one. didn't realize the <laughs> scope of, of TikTok, like so many people on TikTok and so many different little sub like groups and, and, I was like, okay, let's just try it and see what happens. Because I also had to kind of get over the cringe factor. Yeah, I think there's like a bri- like a wall of cringe about no, yourself agree, that yeah. you have to overcome no, in order to be like, okay, I'm going to film myself and we're going to actually make TikToks and make content, you know, like... And then once you get past that, you're just like, all right, this is just normal now, you know? Yeah. No, you do. And then you, you do start to eventually, like, at least we started to enjoy it eventually. It was, it was a little, it was a little rough in the beginning. Yeah. yeah we felt it awkward. Was like, yeah. It was yeah. extremely, yeah. extremely. Still, it is. A little bit. I, I it is awkward. If you look well, you have a big one, too. right? <laughs> well, he's been in theirs, I would assume, but he hasn't made one personally is what I think he meant. Yeah. Yeah. He's made a few. He's made. Well, and what started it was we, 
at least what I thought would have been fun was like, okay, let's try to like relate to musicians because we're a band that's very focused on musicality, musicianship. And like two of the guys, including Spencer went to Berkeley college of music. And Lonnie's one of those right. guys that would just play for eight hours a day for, from the time you were like, what, 12 or something. I don't know. Uh, like, yeah. Like, no, I did. I did like band and stuff in high school and all that, but then, uh, yeah. Disgustingly good. Like it just, it just, it, he's he inspires me every time we perform. Awesome. And, I love and, hearing that kind of know. chemistry. And um, so like we love you know trying like weird musical ideas, trying to think outside the box. Like, and it's a lot of uh, you know a lot of like impressive looking performing stuff like that. So we we thought let's try to make a um a video about what it'd be like to be in a band with a bunch of music theory nerds. Oh, and okay. so, and that was like the third video. The first one we tried, was like, uh, when a drummer drops his drumstick, we thought, try to think of like situational humor about being in bands. Yeah. Cool. So I like only, that. only musicians will care about it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. because TikTok and Instagram, I have so many people that there was an actual audience. We were able to, find through it and um i think the first one we did was about a drummer dropping his stick and everyone's like oh like and i what think was the second one the feedback that was the feedback one so that well that first video was like eight right eight thousand views on instagram yeah, wow, reels cool. we're like yeah. okay video. yeah so we were like hmm that's better than we thought it was gonna do and then we did one with like where when the band tries to do their own sound and we like put like a feedback sound and a mic and that one was like two thousand yeah, like yeah but then we did the music theory video it was at Sawyer's house and it ended up getting like over 200,000 views yeah, or something like that. Blew up, yeah. And that was, cool. that was the first of a decent amount so far that have gotten, you know, hundred thousand or more or something like That's that. Awesome, and, yeah. and we've gotten, we had like a, a sound check at Container Park downtown on Fremont where we were just doing this little funk jam and I just recorded the guy's you know, jamming while we were doing sound check. Cool. That was an organic, just completely like, like on accident. I was like, this sounds cool. I'm just going to film for a second. And then I even like the way I cut it off, like it just so happened to loop perfectly and like in oh, time. So that I posted on, on Instagram and that one got like 300, that one both 50 yeah. or that, something that thousand views. Gave you an extra hundred thousand. No, yeah. yeah. And we, and then we saw our follower accounts like uh spike and just all this, you know, you know, people were saying nice things. And so we're like, okay, this is like, we need to focus on so this. So there's something here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause, Cause it's definitely worth it to the goal is to get people to listen to the music. Yeah. So that's what we want. So, I mean, we found an avenue. It's like, oh, this yeah. is cool. We can get at least people to follow the page and then from yeah. there, you know. Yeah. So, and we went from having like maybe like 300 followers to now we're like coming up on 3,000. Yeah, we've like been that. sitting just yeah. under three yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, over, and we've been doing that for the last like year and a half-ish yeah. or something like that. And, um, and that's kind of where we're at is we're trying to we're we're going to kind of pivot because we've been trying to do more skits and the the last few ones that we've tried like haven't really been yeah. done we spent a lot of work trying to think of something funny or something yeah. you know silly or something like that and then it just doesn't really like pan out yeah it just it, some of them just don't break through and then we just do a, yeah and then we'll do like a candid stuff of us performing and that does a lot better so i think what we're going to do next is just focus on doing more like musical uh cool. like content which yeah. hopefully will bring more people in yeah, yeah. that's what we're hoping which, speaking of i mm -hmm. never did hear from you two about why should people be listening to the local music and your music specifically oh, mm -hmm. man i think it's easy to look at numbers like and even i've been guilty of this in the past where you kind of are listening to like a band maybe on a playlist and you're like oh this is cool who is this Mm -hmm. You look at maybe like their follower account or their listener account and say, okay, well, they're nobody. I'll just skip ahead. But 
really do kind of get a, a lot of really cool music listening to a lot of those artists that maybe have you get a lot of you know you find a lot of really cool songs listening to a lot of those artists that you may not consider just because of maybe the level they're at yeah not that we don't have any the listeners I think we're very proud of the number of listeners that we have and everything yeah Yeah, just what we built so Um, far just Mm -hmm. saying comparatively you know it's like the Billie Eilish's yeah we're coming we're we're, we're coming close but yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. no and I think um, yeah in addition to that, I think we work really hard to try and put a lot of effort to our live shows as well. Yeah. I think it's very important to, you know, kind of make that physical product really appeal. So we, yeah. you know, we do that with, you know, with our three-way harmonies. We try to make sure our instrumentals are very tight. And- yeah. Our drummer's very, like... Um, he's a stickler for we'll get perfection, is or at least as good. close as we drummer, can be. You have to be man, he, he, the, yeah, the dude's a rock. He's absolutely a rock. He pull. He he helps us strive, you know, further each time. Like anytime we think, all right, yeah, we're cool, and then he's always like, well, we could be doing this better and this better. You no, know? it's always and that was and, when when I joined, that was a good mindset. That was the mm-hmm. that was the bar set mm-hmm. from the beginning. Was we want to be undeniably good on stage. Yeah. We want to go out and put a show out. And, yeah. and people just and stand out from from the side. Undeniability, awesome. I think, is the the thing that we're striving for the most as a band. Is you know you can look any way you want, you can you know be whatever, but if you are undeniably good and talented, like people can't deny it, and so they they were basically they're forced to listen to some yeah. degree. Yeah, and if you have a good live show, you know, people are more likely to go back and yeah, oh, oh yeah, and sure. tell people yeah. about it. It's just yeah, yeah you got to you know, see these guys. You know, you that's can, that's what we want. Yeah, 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 and you can you can think of so many times where you've seen an artist that you've been you've never seen live and you're obsessed with them and you go see them live and they suck imagine and how, dis- as as <laughs> <laughs> oh, how disappointed stuff Dang. I love the 2012 like Night Visions or newer stuff is like yeah but I've always just heard that it's bad live and I've watched stuff online mm-hmm. and it's so disappointing because like I, I I love that album it's actually my third favorite album of all time mm. but like I'm yeah. kind of scared to go see him live now. Yeah. That experience live to me, especially being a musician. Yeah. Is so important. Oh, yeah. Because no, it's, it's, a, it's a deeper. Meaning. It is. Meanwhile, you look at videos of Panic! at the Disco, like the covering like Bohemian Rhapsody and stuff. Dude. And it's insanely I good. Brendan Yuri's those videos. Oh <laughs> Brendan Yuri is, he's incredible. Yeah. yeah. She's getting ready. She's just playing. Yeah. yeah. Like, what's again, cool yeah. about well, that? Well, he is, floated across the stage at the T-Mobile arena a few years ago. That's I'm so fine, cool. I'm fine, I'm fine. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you were saying, when mm-hmm. some, the undeniably good thing and how you yeah. have this promotion of excellence, excellence amongst mm-hmm. yourselves. Like, that is stride and true. You look at Panic! in the Disco. Mm-hmm. Every instrumentalist there is insane. I played with a saxophone player there once. Mm. That dude was one of the best sax players I've ever played with. I'm like, yeah, holy crap, this is so cool, you know. Mm-hmm. And so if every every person just has it on point, every person has that drive, that passion, yeah. that care. Everyone's mm-hmm. a rock, and everyone realizes I'm still a student of music. I need to get better. Um, yeah, that type of mindset, the fact that you guys are there and the way you're analyzing it and mm-hmm. make, keeping it calculated but not too calculated is is an awesome approach. I don't see a lot that I really madly mm-hmm. respect. The oh, audience man. also really notices mm-hmm. um, a lot more than I think we're given credit for when a band goes up on stage and they have that stage presence and they're good live and on your phone or on your tablet or Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be um, that's really something that makes or breaks the performance no matter if you sounded Mm -hmm. good or if you didn't kind of thing if you have that presence where you're able to connect to the audience as Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. it's such a big like game changer during like concerts and such in any way rather be musically or just doing something whack like dress 
dressing up as light bulbs in Woodstock, you know, like, it's like that, <laughs> that weird factor and the yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So I mean, that's back to like videos, like that kind of the visual aspect of making it big and everything, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. What people see is really what they respond to. Yeah. To what they hear. So. We are very visual creatures. Uh, yeah. Especially now, <laughs> because we have we're constantly just Ball seeing a feed of everything so much, and yeah, that's that's another thing too that makes it tough is like, you know, you spend hours like thinking of an idea going to record this you know idea then you actually execute it and then you put it out and then people will watch it for just like a second and then it's on to the next thing <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's tough and i think that like the one thing I, I would love for us to as a band like is to have music that has staying power Mm-hmm. because I feel like so there, everything is so feed-based and everything is so rapid, rapidly, you know, your rapid consumption of, of content and whatever. And so, like, nothing has any staying power anymore. Like, mm-hmm. what what was the number one hit last year? Could you tell me? Probably not. I mean, I want to say, what was it 2021? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say something by Doja Cat. <laughs> That yeah, I was I was gonna go with uh, Billy no, uh, Billy Eilish. Or it was a Dua Lipa song. I think that was the longest one. Was it the Yeah 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 Yeah? Yeah, I, I think it was me. that one. Okay, because yeah. I remember at the Grammys. There's something about the Grammys that yeah. I remember them talking about that. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, but you have yeah. to reach that hard just for yeah. the number one hit last year. Yeah, yeah. That's so crazy. Well, then yeah. you and if you yeah. go back to like you know 2009, like I could tell you like Get Lucky by Daft Punk came out that year. Oh, yeah. Roar by Katy Perry came out that year. That's good. Um, what else? There was a big Rune Five song that came out that year too just like you have that remember it like, like it's that stage. yeah it's now it's so fast it, exactly it wasn't. exactly okay, so what's your secret sauce to give you that unless you don't want to give us the secrets i don't know yet you know you're trying to figure it out yeah we're still trying to figure that out yeah. i guess it's a complex I, recipe yeah we're, <laughs> yeah we're going for right. grandma's musicality and yeah no it's a it's a balance it's not, not something we've, we've been wanting to or we've been doing from the beginning. It's a yeah. balance of appeal to the masses, something mm-hmm. catchy, something singable, rememberable, but also true to our creative, you know, yeah. Output. The musicians and, in us too. We want, we mm-hmm. want those guys to, to, to take a look at us. You said it's and, we, and we want to have fun playing it and we want it to sound cool. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. it's gotta be fun for us. We yeah. gotta enjoy it. That's yeah. I think and that's like with your lyrics. One. Relatable. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh, I apologize. Yeah, for sure. I think, <laughs> You know, the last album, the first album we did, um, we had a couple like fun, like kind of upbeat tunes, but there was a lot of like mid tempo stuff and then some like slower stuff and generally very laid back. Yeah. And so we kind of noticed with our live shows that it it was hard to maintain the type of energy we wanted to yeah. maintain. Yeah. So this next album, we're focusing on keeping it very much like upbeat and more, yeah. uh, more exciting. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah there's a lot of artists that have done that as well. Like you look at the food fighters, Dave mm-hmm. Grohl was like, I needed something that got the people in Europe to bounce. I noticed they bounce. Mm-hmm. And that's why he wrote one of their songs. Mm-hmm. And then you look at John Mayer, same thing. Mm-hmm. I was playing live. Nobody's paying attention. I wanted to make him pay attention. So they mm-hmm. wrote neon. So I was like, Oh, whoa. Yeah. You know? Right. So right. yeah, you mm-hmm. guys have got that same approach. It's all ballads, man. I like to dance. People want to dance. I know, but I love ballads. That's the thing. Like, yeah. It's a showcase for you. Uh, you know, I love ballads, man. I, I, I think you're on to something because my band director in high school, I remember we had a similar conversation to this. It's like mm-hmm. for performing live, like what do you do? I had one of my first live performances and it was just all chili peppers, if I'm being real. Like uh-huh. a little bit of Food Fighters. Yeah. Of course it was chili peppers. Come on. Of course it was. This is my favorite band. I love it. And so like I just I love John Vershante's playing and I mm-hmm. love that crazy flashy style and mm-hmm. impressing people, which you know I was young, so that's all I cared sure, about. Of course, yeah. yeah. Obviously it's, it's evolved into more. But I was talking 
to him and I was like, okay, but what do, what do I need? I need to balance. Like I want to make people cry and laugh all mm-hmm. the same show. And he's like, well, when I'm designing like a marching set, like you, there's like a certain formula you use, like, you know, grab people's attention. And then once you've got their attention, relate to them, mm-hmm. you know, come make it more mellow. And then, but you don't want to leave everybody having a sad time. Yeah. You know, you want to punch them in the face again, but in a good way, you know? Yeah. Like that. At least, but there's so many different recipes. That was just one of the versions he gave. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's a great, yeah. Make sure you punch them in the face, right? (laughs) But but in a good way, you know? Don't solve Leave them. Yeah, they got to leave happy about it. Yeah, you got to. Black eyed, but be smiling. (laughs) Yeah, that's it's true. Like, so I perform maybe like three or four nights a week around town. I just do covered songs for a living. And and, uh, I've had a lot of conversations with different agents and stuff that'll say like you know keep it upbeat don't do anything like too super slow or blah blah blah. like they'll lose the audience and and i've come to realize that that's only specific to certain musicians who can't maintain that type of attention so like if you win them over with some like a fun and upbeat stuff and then they like you they're engaged with you Mm -hmm. then you can throw in something like a, a ballad or something slow and then because they're engaged then you get to have that experience with them like that yeah, slower yeah, more emotional really type thing. but but yeah, that comes down to you as a singer too yeah, yeah but you can be. but then you can't push it <laughs> if you do too much then they get bored so you got to kind of bring it back and i yeah. think the same principle sort of applies to you know original music or like an album or yeah. whatever they might, that might be you know yeah and i think with y'all's approach of just like hey like we're going to give it our best we're going to you know take the musicianship bring it to a whole new level mm-hmm. You can keep that retention with your mellow stuff and with just the yeah. attitudes and the drive that you guys have shown me. I 100% agree. Yeah. I th- you can do that. I think this next album will have like some slower songs, but I think the majority will keep it yeah. like more. But it's all the same, upbeat. you know, the same mm-hmm. approach. We're still excited about what we're putting out. Um, yeah. Still, still fun. I uh, think we're going to do less yeah. of the Americana stuff and more on just like probably the R&B, the funk, yeah. the maybe a little alternative rock this time around. Yeah. Like, some of it gets a little. Yeah. 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 Alrighty, so we did have to close this episode out a little bit sooner than planned, but if you guys tune in next week, we will have the rest of the interview with the Radical West. I am your host, Ashley Liebig, and we are on all platforms, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. So if you guys want to go ahead and check us out there, that would be amazing. We are also on 91.5 Rebel, the only station that matters. Thank you so much for tuning in to Radio Wave this week, and we will catch you next week out on the wave.